0: Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who next week should be on an aeroplane over the sea to Costa Rica, but thanks to the <laughs> pandemic, he'll be sitting at home trying to figure out what exactly is a carrot flower. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate.
1: Hola, Ben. Jami. Thank you for uh, rubbing that in. I'm still going to yeah. drink like I'm going to have tropical drinks and wear a brightly colored shirt. I I figured you would be. Just uh, anyway.
0: So for this episode, we have a special guest. Her most recent record is called Beautiful and Strange, and we're going to talk about some of the songs off of that album and, of course, the record that she chose to revisit. So please welcome to the podcast, Chelsea Williams.
2: Hi.
3: Great to be here.
0: Absolutely. So premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music but as we do at each podcast episode, we ask the all-important question. So let's start with Wayne. What t-shirt are you wearing?
1: I uh, have a problem, as you know. So yes. I saw yeah. that uh, this went out on Mer- uh, Merge Records, so I went on the Merge Records website and got a Merge Records t-shirt. And I want to say they said there was a warning that said due to the corona- COVID nineteen the shipping may be delayed, and yet it was here in two days. Which I don't yes, even, yes. I don't even get things. Sh- hear that fast from amazon anymore
0: (laughs) perfect chelsea how about you what t-shirt are you wearing
3: um i have a sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club uh t-shirt on the beatles (laughs) yeah
2: excellent
3: (laughs) yeah that's one of my favorite beatles records i found i think i found it at some flea market somewhere in la
0: (laughs) very good we just did a uh episode about abbey road
3: Oh, very cool. Nice. Good one.
0: <laughs> Only took us 99 episodes to finally do a Beatles record, but um, we did one finally. So there we go. <laughs> I think everybody is too afraid to like want to do a podcast episode about the Beatles because it's such a daunting task to talk about the Beatles.
3: It's a lot so. of pressure. Yeah, that's for sure. It
0: is. <laughs> it is. And, and that was... Uh, Wayne, that episode ended up being like two hours and 20 minutes long.
1: Well, yeah, I have 17 songs. Uh, well,
0: yeah, but,
1: and there's a lot to say about a Beatles record, especially for guy, four music nerds get together.
0: Yeah. That episode could have been like four hours long. Honestly. Um, oh, I haven't even said what my t-shirt is. So, um, I got a new t-shirt in the mail. It's been a while. I uh, got my Will Hogue versus all y'all t-shirt. Nice. So just a little little spoiler alert on uh, a potential uh, episode coming up soon. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so Chelsea, so looking at some of your bio info, it says that uh, you honed your skills busking at Santa Monica's Third Street Promenade. Is it promenade or promenade?
3: Promenade. Yeah. Okay. At least that's how I say it. I don't know how everybody else says it. The locals <laughs> call it the promenade. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Uh, I used to have a client in Santa Monica, which required me to go out there once or twice a year. So I've uh I've done I've done the Santa Monica stuff. So I've done the pier. Uh we went to um I think it was called West Side Comedy.
3: Oh yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Um, so we went and saw Neil Brennan. Nice. Uh, he was he was uh, testing out some new material, and he's just he's one of my favorites. Oh, um, that been great. We haven't had many California acts on our podcast. Ah. We had Will from the band Ships Have Sailed. Do you know Ships Have Sailed?
2: I don't.
0: Okay. Um, and Wayne, would we call Matt Nathanson a Cali act? He's really from the East Coast, but he lives. In yeah. The-
1: San so Francisco. He lives
0: now. Up, up in the yeah. central. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, are you are you from California originally? I was born
3: in Columbus, Ohio, but I definitely grew up in Southern California. That's kind of my home my hometown. <laughs> well, I mean, Los Angeles is my hometown, not all of Southern California.
0: We've had a ton of Ohio people on our podcast.
3: It is actually the fifth most populated state.
0: Right. So right.
3: that doesn't surprise me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um so more on the bio. So it says uh, she captured the attention of passerbys, including Ron Howard and Cheryl Crow. So yeah. what's what, what's the story with that?
3: Um let's see. Ron, Ron Howard came up, and it was a it was a morning. I like the weekend morning sets because they're slower. It's before the break dancers show up, so it's a lot quieter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was, it was a Saturday morning, a little bit foggy. And um, Ron Howard walked up and sat on a bench and walked. Well, he watched a couple songs and ended up buying my CD. Never heard anything from him, but okay. I'm just gonna assume that he loved it so much that he was like afraid to call me because you know
0: (laughs) there you go and you probably see all sorts of hollywood people there in santa monica right
3: yeah you know what i'm i'm such a bad celebrity spotter though i have to have a friend with me to point them out because i just i have i don't have a good eye for it which is silly because i grew up in los angeles
0: so the last time i was in santa monica this was uh, a year and a half ago so um we saw peter fonda before he passed away oh wow yeah. That's, so that that's that's my only that's my only thing. <laughs> my only spotting. I'm I'm like you. I'm horrible spotting people at times. Um, considering that you're in the LA area, did I read correctly that the Troubadour in Hollywood is having financial issues?
3: Oh, I, it doesn't surprise me. But yeah, that's. I mean, I I, I haven't read about that, but that.
0: Yeah, I saw something awful. today that there's a now a GoFundMe page for them. I've never been there with all the travels that i've done to to la i've never been to the troubadour um have you played there
3: i yeah i played there a couple times i I got to open for rita coolidge there one time which was really fun and i one of my favorite shows i've ever seen was the wood brothers that i I saw them play do you know do you guys know the wood brothers yeah 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 one of my favorite bands um so i got to see them play there great show
0: very good very good all right. So back to your bio yes. and, and, and then I'll shut up with the bio stuff. Cause I have, <laughs> I have questions. So, it, so, so it said that you, um, you were part of the high profile TV commercial singing in, uh, the Maroon five playing for change version of their hit daylight, which I just watched. I watched that today. So, um, so that's cool. How did, how did that, uh, how did that hookup happen?
3: That yeah, I just I met the the guy that does those videos on Third Street Promenade. I was busking out there and you know, that's kind of the playing for change thing is they they take buskers and musicians from all over the globe and have them play to the same track. You know, they set up a click track for you to play mm-hmm. to and then they put all of the musicians together and at the time they asked me to do Daylight, I had no idea that Adam Levine was actually gonna sing on it. <laughs> so when he sent me the video it was it was a big surprise for sure.
0: <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, all right. So you've been uh, putting out a few singles leading up to your record called Beautiful and Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, what number, what number record is this for you?
3: Oh, I should know that. That's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if we're talking official records, cause I, I've definitely like bootlegged my own records. Okay. I you know, I've been through several different um record companies and when the record label doesn't release your record, sometimes you secretly release your own record and sell it on the street while busking. So I there don't I don't okay. count those as official records, but I think this might be officially six. Okay, don't, yeah.
0: Just I won't. That's my best
3: guess.
0: I won't quote you other than, you know, it's captured on this recording. Right. I'll
3: quote myself on that. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: So I was just listening to Red Flag before we started recording. Um, What's that song about? That's got to be that's got to be about a relationship that went uh, south.
3: You know, it. I've gotten that feedback before. It's actually about the very beginning of, of the relationship oh, and like okay. being excited, but a little scared to put your whole heart into it. But you're not the first person that has given me that feedback. So, all
0: right. well, and in
3: all fairness, that relationship did end up going South. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, get, get some lyrics, get some lyrics out on the interwebs for, for, for that one. So, yeah. um, Yeah. <laughs>
4: you to ask me if i'll stay the night my eyes are keeping secrets but my
0: You've, you've put out a couple singles, so there's also one, um, I saw that you just released a video for Wasted. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Great song.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's actually not about getting wasted, but,
0: um. I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't misconstrue this particular okay. one. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that, that, that is actually about, you know, a toxic relationship that I ended up getting out of. Um, and you know, now I'm in a healthy one. Or Good. so or so I claim.
0: <laughs> or so you think, right. Yeah. <laughs> I I think all of our I think all of our relationships during the pandemic is gonna be kind of put to the test because we don't have any way of escaping.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I, I live with my husband, um, and you know, we get along really well, but he's also my musical partner and we so we work together. And so it's, it's a lot to have, to have, you know, just one person for all of those different, um, (laughs) roles, but we're working it out. We're doing all right. (laughs) Our, our cat breaks up any fights that
0: start. So cats are good for that. (laughs) Do you have one or two televisions in the house?
3: We have one, but we only stream television. So I guess if you count computers, we have more than one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As long as you're able to go in the other room, I think that that's what's keeping me sane. Is so, my, my wife and daughter are watching all their chick flicks. Like they watched, um, uh, I came downstairs and was like, Hey, are we gonna watch something? And they're watching 27 Dresses. I think that's what it's called.
3: Oh, uh, I've heard of that one. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know which what one what I'm talking about?
3: I'm familiar.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going back upstairs." Um, so <laughs> it's a good thing we do have two televisions during this time. So actually, if you count all the televisions in our TV room, I think we probably have five in the house. So oh wow, jeez, yeah. it's like a sports bar. <laughs> well, you know the the, the the game room or whatever the heck the, the the boys are calling it. Each of them want their own television for their consoles. So. Oh. Whatever. And so they
3: what they watch with headphones, I guess.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, noise canceling headphones have been the second thing that have been pretty <laughs> come in handy during the pandemic. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Very very, <laughs> very much so, very much so. sister golden hair yes you you just you did a cover of that you um so you took this seemingly happy america song and you kind of did a tears for fears mad world on that song (laughs) Ah, awesome
3: i like that i like that review (laughs) which i'm
0: which i'm cool with um so so and you've done a bunch of covers and we'll talk about all of those but why uh why sister golden hair
3: Um, It was actually a request. Well, first of all, I love the band America and I grew up listening to them. I have, I got a vinyl record player for my 18th birthday. And that was one of the first 20 records I found at the thrift store that I went searching at um, was the record with Sister Golden Hair. Um, But the, the reason that I did it now was because the label that I'm signed to, I'm label mates with Jerry Beckley, who is the lead singer. Um, well one of the lead singers of America and the head of the label specifically asked me to do this cover for a project that he's doing um, so we were just you know lockdown had just started and my husband and I looked at each other and we were like this is the perfect time we're going to we're going to record sister golden hair and we did
0: excellent nice
4: but i do agree nice. there's times when a woman shores. Be a friend of mine Will i keep on thinking about you just a golden hair surprise and i just can't live without you can't you see
0: Uh, Wayne's, what's your go-to America song? Uh, Ventura Highway.
1: Although I did learn one of the first, the very first song I learned to play on acoustic guitar was "Horse with No Name."
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's good. I have to tell you, one of my favorites is "The Border." You guys Ooh. know "The Border" from the eighties. I am not.
3: I would have to revisit it. I don't. Uh,
0: it's a total eighties song, revisit. but it's great. But it's great.
3: I'll have to check that one out.
0: Yeah. Uh, So you did a covers EP last year. So you covered Dylan, you covered Willie Nelson, you did Jackson Brown's These Days. Um, I don't know Tango, tell your sore till their sore. What what is
3: that's a that's a Tom yeah Tango till their sore. It's a Tom Waits song from the record Rain Dogs, which is
0: oh wow. That's why I don't know.
1: I, that's the one. I, I love that. It had a really dark, uh, sexy, like it had, it reminded me of when we, we had listened to just recently Joe Henry's Civilians. I mean, it's one of those songs. that almost sounds like it's in black and white. It was, I that, I really like that one. And uh, six bottles of wine, I think.
4: Oh, thank you. There's nice. another one I
1: saw from that. Awesome.
0: All right. So I'm going to have to listen to that now. Is that what you're telling me,
1: Wayne? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out the Tom Waits version. I did not know that that was a yeah. Tom Waits song. Yeah, yeah. I'm a All huge
3: right. Tom Waits fan. We don't have to talk about it, then um, If you disagree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I got in trouble with, I got in trouble with a guest. So we did Swordfish Trombones uh, about a year ago, and um, I tried. I really tried. Um, I, I love Tom Waits songs when other people do Tom Waits songs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had to dive into this, this Tom Waits record and I really tried. Wayne, you, you, you at least have to give I've, me credit how, that I did try.
1: Yeah, how hard you tried. I'm not positive, Dan, <laughs> but I found a, I, I, you know, I found a bit of an appreciation for Tom Waits. I think I I'd, I'd given him a, a bad rap. It, I definitely have to pick and choose. Not everything's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway. Well, that's
3: all right. I, I, I forgive you then. It's not. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. So, so are all those songs, are those songs that you did during your busking days? Uh,
3: Some of them are songs that I did during my busking days and some of them were songs that um, I just have always loved. Um,
0: Yeah.
3: I don't know if you saw that I also did a neutral milk hotel song in that little
0: batch. I did. I wasn't going to talk about that right now. Okay, right. Okay. Just kidding. No, it's fine. Go, go, go ahead. Cats <laughs> out of the bag. It, yeah, cats out of the bag now. So, so did did you do the neutral milk hotel song while you were busking?
3: I no, I actually never really. I, I did that once or twice live, um, but it didn't really come off the way that I wanted it to. I, I had always envisioned it as like a three part harmony thing and so that's what I ended up doing is I just wrote this like choir of harmonies and it's just guitar and vocals
0: all right so um strangest song request you ever got while you were uh while you were busking because I'm assuming people came up to you and were like hey uh if you play such and such I'll give you you know 20 bucks or whatever
3: um you know what I will say that um What's that Disney movie, Frozen? When that movie came out, I got so oh, many no. requests for the Frozen song. I think it's called "Let It Go," um, which I never learned. <laughs> so that was that was an odd one, I'd say.
0: Do you do Do you have any Disney songs in your repertoire?
3: I don't. I don't really. I mean, I I was a huge Disney fan growing up. Um, I would watch the little the Little Mermaid to this day and enjoy it. But I don't do any Disney songs, no.
0: <laughs> okay. So no no kids coming to the promenade making any requests for, for, from you then. Is that what you're saying?
3: <laughs> yeah. Kids, stay away.
0: <laughs> Santa Monica promenade is adults only. Sorry, yes. kids. Scram. Go. Get
2: out of here. <laughs> no
0: way. <laughs> we, just, we just recorded an episode with um, Joan Wasser. She goes by the moniker Joan is policewoman. Do you know her?
3: It sounds familiar, but I don't. I I can't place it right now.
0: So she did a cover of Michael McDonald's um, "I Keep Forgetting."
3: Oh, that's amazing. Would that's you ever? Great.
0: Would you ever cover Michael McDonald?
3: I mean, that, that's that's one I I personally love Michael McDonald, and I might feel a little bit like scared to cover him because you know he's. I mean, I, I would cover. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
0: <laughs> I mean, you covered – Huh? You covered Dylan. You covered I Dylan. I know. Right? I
3: know. That's why okay. I stopped myself because I then I, I figured like wait wait a second that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. I covered Bob Dylan and Tom Waits and you know Jackson Brown. Nelson. Come on, yeah. yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean I would be open to that. Yeah. I mean you know I was I was gonna say fuck it but. <laughs>
0: there you go that's what and you i said say. it anyway you, you said it anyways it's it's all good it's all good you guys um,
3: complete
0: that out right we we could but i'm not going to okay. um, <laughs> so what else about the 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 new record what uh what what do you have to say about this to promote this tell our listeners about uh why they should go out and purchase this record
3: um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this record. It's definitely a step forward from my last one. Um, we So on the last record, we kind of tried to keep everything really um, acoustic sounding and, you know, make it sound like there's an actual, actual musician. Like it sounds like a band playing in a room, basically. And on this record, we really took liberties with like getting a string section in there and putting some horns here and there. Um and just really doing it up so it's it's kind of um a kaleidoscope of sound or something, you know? And I'm I'm just really excited about it.
0: Did did I read correctly? You've you've got some singing saws going on in your record as well?
3: We do. We do have some singing saws. We um we have a friend who he's actually a fantastic saxophone player, but he also happens to play the saw. And so he came over to our apartment, and we like shoved him in our little closet with my clothes surrounding him to like mute the sound around him. And he somehow managed to play the saw in our tiny closet. It's pretty incredible.
0: Did he cut any of your clothes? While <laughs> yeah, he was
3: all, doing my, all of all of my favorite clothes were totally just ripped to shreds. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible.
0: As long as you've got your Beatles t shirt, what else do you need? <laughs> exactly. So,
2: <yeah.
0: laughs> Very cool. Uh, did you get any inspiration from the record that you chose with the singing saws? Cause there's uh there's singing saws on what, two or three of these They're songs. they
3: all over this record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I first, I know this record came out in 1998, but I, I first heard it in like mid 2000s, like 2007 or something. Um, but it, yeah, this, this record and the production on it from the horns to the accordion to the saws and everything had, it definitely inspired me through the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wayne, I think I jumped the gun on talking about uh, the record that she chose. We, Oops. we haven't, yeah, we haven't, we haven't asked the, 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 the last question. This is our transition question from interview portion to the record portion. Okay. But, so is Africa, good or bad song.
3: Um, is it terrible if I don't know what that song is?
0: africa like
3: totos oh Oh, i'm sorry i misheard you yes of course i know that song okay um yes uh good or bad song i guess it depends on what category i mean i think it's a fantastic pop song personally i'm I'm into it i even like the Weezer cover of it
0: All all right i don't
3: know if that'll get me kicked off the show or not but I'm just going to be honest. No,
0: no, <laughs> no, won't <laughs> no. get you kicked off. Uh, might get, might get some scoffs from Wayne, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it.
3: Okay. <laughs> so Wayne, do you, do you dislike the song itself or do you, or the Weezer uh, cover? It
1: started as a, I uh, know, I don't, I, don't uh, I think the, I don't think the Weezer cover is very good, but I don't like the song in a sense of, uh, I just, I don't, I guess I don't think it deserves as much credit as it gets okay and then it's and then i've been i got backed into a corner one time on this on this podcast and now i i have to try to defend my i guess my honor for lack of a better word honor. against what? against uh toto's africa so i i don't think that it's a particularly good song i think it's glossy and soulless
0: that's there it is that's fair that's fair <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, we're going to retire this question soon. Yeah, so you keep the, the, saying the, that. But... I know, I know, and and I think we're going to replace it with. So I'll, I'll test it out on you. So, what's your favorite Billy Joel song? Mm. See Wayne, I, 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 I think have, that we probably need to prepare our guests oh. with that question <laughs> before I throw it at them, so that they can properly think about it.
3: The, yeah, that's that's a thinker. That's it's for sure a thinker. I, I mean, I definitely th- I have a lot of a huge amount of respect for Billy Joel. I've never like gone down the Billy Joel rabbit hole. So if I were to answer off the top of my head, I would embarrass myself probably.
0: Just as long as you don't say river of dreams. I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, anything besides that is a is a fair question or a fair answer. So all right. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to prep our guests with that question. <laughs> it sounds like
1: Wayne. <sighs> it can't all be not everything's
0: gold. Maybe it's the California thing. Because if if I threw this out to all of our New York, New Jersey oh, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, that they, they, they have they have an answer for me. Like and and then we'll talk about Billy Joel for like twenty minutes. So, right. So, yeah. So just a different Different geographic. When we when we have California guests, Wayne, we're going to have to prep our guests. <laughs> that's, that's really what it comes down
1: to. It's a work in progress.
0: Yeah, yeah, work in progress. All right, so, so Chelsea, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode.
3: I chose Neutral Milk Hotels in an Aeroplane Over the Sea.
0: Okay, so I know that there were a couple other records that you thought about, and I had to tell you no on one of them. Mm-hmm. Because we've already done Joni Mitchell's Blue. I,
3: I knew that was a risk. I, it was it, a risk I felt was worth taking, but um, I understand.
0: Yes. we <laughs> So we did that episode, uh, I don't know, six, nine months ago with uh, Liz Longley, if you're familiar with Liz. Okay. Um, what would have been your top song?
3: Um, well, I mean, being from California, Cal- California is, you know... <laughs> top on that one but there's also um carrie is a fantastic one there's so many I've, it's hard to, it's like choosing a favorite child you know, know.
0: that's that's what we do here and we we put people yeah, on the spot make, we they,
1: make people choose between their children
0: yeah <laughs> we do uh i'm trying to remember what we chose as the top song um now I'm
1: i to, uh, i'm pretty sure it was remember? california i i know i think california was my top score
0: I'm looking at it right now. So you and I both chose California, Liz chose Case of You.
3: Oh yeah.
5: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a fantastic one. That was one that was number 1 and number 2 for our rankings. That song's just a masterpiece. Absolutely. All right. So why why did you choose a Neutral Milk Hotel?
3: Um, well, this record is, has been a huge influence on, on me personally uh, in the production of my music. Um, and just, I think, I think it's an absolute masterpiece lyrically. I love um, Jeff Mac- uh, Mangum's lyrics and the way that he paints pictures with words. I think you could even take the music completely out of the equation and the words could like be a, a book of poetry yeah. and but then the music is so incredible and um luscious and moving as well so i just i've always loved this record
0: and he he's an interesting guy from from the couple things that i did read because they haven't put out many records mhm um because well we'll we'll talk about it as we we go through the record but he did he kind of have like a mental breakdown after this record came out or what was what was the deal why he just kind of like did an about face on the music industry?
3: Um I I feel like I should know more about him personally. I, I I did hear about a mental breakdown, but I don't know what the story was behind it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was just I was curious if um if he kind of did a JD Salinger uh, mm. after this comes out. Like this like you know this this particular album is like the catcher in the rye and he didn't like the fact that people were misinterpreting the meaning of the record therefore he was like i'm out i'm gonna go be a hermit somewhere right so just (laughs) just curious if that was the case um all right so some some bio info on the record so uh, it came out in february of 1998 It is their best known and, of course, most critically acclaimed record. Um, Didn't have a whole lot of commercial success, but it did go on to sell uh, over 300,000 copies. Um, All of the, what I call the hipster magazines, Pitchfork and Magnet and and all that, uh, definitely gave it a lot of critical acclaim. So the one thing that I read was the, the band went on hiatus after this record came out. They turned all turned down all requests for shows and even turned down a supporting slot for REM. Oh, wow. So, so that's why I was asking if you knew anything about why Jeff just decided, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm done with this.
3: Yeah. I, I I've got to read more about that. I didn't know that that, cause I think, you know, I came on the scene a good 10 years after the record came out, there was kind of a resurgence of the record um, at that time. And I actually got to see the band play the full record at the Hollywood Bowl. They got together and did just the full record. Um, They all stood in a circle and just did the whole thing all like top to bottom um, at that time. But before that, I don't, I don't have the information. (laughs)
1: Right,
0: right. Wayne, did you know this record before we I did this?
1: Had, uh, I'm surprised that I had not because in the in the late '90s, uh, this is. It feels like this is right uh, in my wheelhouse, but I had never heard of this or Neutral Milk Hotel ever before.
0: Gotcha. I um, so I have tried to listen to this a couple couple times, and I, I will just kind of go on record of saying, I don't hate this record. In fact, it it grew on me to the point where I kind of really dig it, but um, I used to write CD reviews for for a website back in the, the early 2000s, and it was very much an a indie hipster. I was definitely the older guy, so everybody else was in college, and here I'm in my 30s at that point. And everybody raved about this, raved about Arcade Fire, um, raved about The Shins, and kind of just being the counter culture guy that I am.
1: Sometimes sounds like a guy who doesn't like Toto's Africa.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, none of those, none of those people that I I worked with would have ever. Said that they liked Toto's Africa, so uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was just not their their cup of tea. So, um, and so I went back to it probably like 2010, 2011, whenever like Pandora and um came on. And this is not a record that I think that you can just select one or two songs off of and throw it into like a Pandora list, you've got to listen to this record. Agreed. I agree. It feels like, I won't say that it's a concept record, but it feels like a concept re- record a little yeah. bit.
3: Yeah. I mean, with, with all those interludes that happen in between songs where there's like the music never stops. It just sort of morphs into the new track. Yeah. There's,
1: there's all kinds of stuff like that. that happens. Yeah. Everything segues. Everything is like, it's like one giant continuous mm-hmm. track. Yeah.
0: I'm wondering—is uh, is it would this be like Dark Side of the Moon if we put on Wizard of Oz?
1: <laughs> that would be so weird. This would be twenty times weirder than Dark Side of the Moon.
3: It up would. It Wizard would. of Oz. Well, because he gets really dark with the lyrics sometimes too. You know, like
1: oh, absolutely
3: experience. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, add that to your list of things to do during the pandemic. Listen to this record while <laughs> watching. Yeah, cuz there's cuz there's a couple songs that I could totally see the Flying Monkeys coming out to. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh,
3: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> that that seems more like a Wayne thing. Wayne, I think you and uh, a couple of your Man on the Moon drinks and Wizard of Oz. This is this is something to do on a Friday night. Let let me know how it goes.
1: That's a fine line. Too many Man on the Moons, and you're not. You're just asleep on the couch.
0: There you go. All right, uh, all right. So as a reminder, our scoring is going to be based on the number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Eleven which means Top Song is going to get 11 points. Next favorite, 10 points on down to our lowest score of one. Let's kick this off and do our track-by-track analysis. This is King of Carrot Flowers, part one. I had to look up exactly what a carrot flower is. Do you guys know what a carrot flower is?
3: <laughs> I do. I they're not. they're all over Southern California. Or at least I mean what I figured it was is like wild carrot, which is like a, a flower that grows at the end of a carrot, right? Isn't that Yeah, sort of, that's that, yeah.
0: that's pretty much what it is. So it's a yeah. uh, it's it's a carrot that essentially went to seed. Mhm. So you didn't you didn't pull it out of the ground and eat it. So there you go. So
2: yeah,
3: they're pretty. They look like baby's breath. I don't. I don't know if you guys know what baby's breath are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've been married. I, I wasn't yet yeah, exactly. I wasn't trying to be condescending. <laughs>
0: no, I've been married too. Uh, in fact, uh, my wife reminds me all the time I don't bring her flowers enough. So, um, all right. So, um, so based on the fact that we're talking about carrots that are going to seed, does that shine any light on? the mom and the dad that are talked about in the last verse? Or am I just really well, I doing the mom the over- and the dad are
1: talked about in more than just the last verse.
0: Well, I'm just asking, or have they been left on the earth too long? and Now they're just kind of flowering.
1: Yeah. And I didn't catch, I didn't uh, look that reference up in, at first. I just kind of, it, to me, the first verse has a very, uh, Pearl jam, Jeremy kind of feel, mm. you know, King carrot flower, there's some, you know, rattlesnakes fall from the sky, you know, tumbling in the trees. Uh, then the rest of it gets, it's, I, it's almost, I mean, it's like a third person. Like, he, I, I guess after looking at the lyrics and listening to the song a few times, it feels like he's, you know, a teenager and his first love, uh, for, and I would say that that girl is in a family that is dysfunctional, to put it nicely. Um, I loved his images of, you know, the mom, (laughs) the mom stabbing in the shoulder with a fork and the (laughs) the dad throwing the garbage on the floor. Uh, Lyrically, he reminded me a lot of Max Bemis uh, from Say Anything.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But he is, uh, he's extremely talented. Even when I didn't understand his lyrics, I still thought they were just amazing. Like they create, like very vivid images, even if you don't, even if you can't sort them out to put them in any discernible order. But this one seemed like, uh, especially I think it's the, uh, the end of the second verse where he says, and we lay and learn about each other's bodies. That kind of had a new love teenager feel. Yeah, Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in in this song is, um, and from above you, how I sank into your soul. Like just like, uh, like you were saying, the imagery is just like palpable. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And, the dad dreaming of all the different ways to die.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's just,
3: that's foreshadowing the darkness of this, this record.
0: <laughs> right. And a lot of yeah. alliteration that he's, he's doing the mm-hmm. you know, lots of D words in that one particular yeah. line as well. Yeah. It's poetic. All right. Anything else on King of carrot flowers?
1: Uh, musically, well, I should this one say one's- part one. Part one. That's true. Uh, musically, it's, you know, it's actually fairly simple, but uh, one of uh, his acoustic guitar songs, there's no electric guitar in this, which for the mid to late 90s was all about the electric guitar. So it's it's unique in that aspect. But he has a he does have a great uh, uh, tone, like it's got this really vibrant feel to it. They They capture with his electric or with his acoustic guitar. It just has a lot of of depth. And then the accordion.
3: Yeah, his strumming style is really interesting. He really kind of just like jams his pick into the strings. You know, it makes it really, it's such a strong sound.
1: Absolutely.
0: Let's get some scores on this one and move on to the next King of Care Flowers. Uh, What you got, Wayne, for a score?
1: Uh, 10. This was my second favorite song. Okay. Chelsea?
3: I'm also a 10 on this one. It's my second favorite song as well.
0: All right. And I'm at a nine for this one, which leads us to parts two and three of King of Carrot Flowers. And what do you guys have to say about uh, parts two and three?
3: Um, this one was always interesting to me with the, the lyrics starting with this like big, bold, I love you, Jesus Christ. It was always a little confusing to me. I wasn't sure if that was, you know, a, um, echo back to childhood religion or, you know, exactly what he was trying to say with that. But um, this, it always was slightly confusing to me.
0: I got a quote from the interwebs. So you want to hear, hear Jeff's talking about that? All right. He's so the, the, the lines, I love you, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, I love you are replaced in the booklet with a small explanation by Jeff that says, and now a song for Jesus Christ. And since this seems to confuse people, I'd like to simply say that I mean what I sing, although the theme of endless endless on this album is not based on any religion, but more in the belief that all things seem to contain a white life, white light within them that I see as eternal.
3: Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely, I, I had written down on this one too, um, for the record that there seems to be a theme of rebirth and eternity. So I guess that makes sense.
0: Very much so. Yeah. Wow. And again, it's from the interweb. So take that for what it's worth. Hopefully it's true. (laughs) yeah Wayne, what do you got on this song
1: I will say this if it was if he had actually divided the tracks into part two and part three part two would be my like second whatever third very low number four uh, whereas part three would possibly be you know seven eight nine much higher like I say the the distortion, And then there's this this really frantic pace that comes out of that first song, almost Mm -hmm. like say I I dare say punk rock, but I mean it's got this really frantic feeling to it. And and then with the and the lyrics from this dysfunctional family from earlier, it just gives it the it just gave it a lot of depth.
0: Yeah. What? So so the fuzzy ending and then that abrupt ending, which I assume I assume is a piano, um, but which kind of feeds into the next song, which. You know, we 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 just talked about the whole concept record analysis of you know these songs really kind of feed into one another. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else I got on that. Other, I (laughs) I I, I like that I like that frenetic energy towards the end of it as well.
3: Absolutely, yeah, and I I I also have to agree with Wayne that if it were like split into two different songs, I would feel differently too. Cause you know, part one is not, I obviously don't dislike any song on this record, but part three is definitely my favorite of the two.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. Well, why don't we get scores for them combined? Sorry. You can't combine, can't, can't separate (laughs) two and three. It's uh it's one song. So, um, this is my four Wayne. Also a four. And then Chelsea.
3: Three for me. All
0: right and like i said the uh, the song kind of leads into the next song which is in the aeroplane over the sea track uh this song has the singing saws yes i think think this is the first instance of that
3: yeah i think so too i think so too i'd have to go back and revisit king of carrot flowers part one but i'm pretty sure it's not anywhere else Yeah. yeah
0: um and this song it makes a brief reference to anne frank which um is kind of the a theme comes up a couple different times especially with the over analysis that you might see on the interwebs uh, Anne Frank is kind of a theme that. Uh, what well, it's probably on? What three or four different songs? Oh, at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah, I read that he read the Diary of Anne Frank right before writing and recording this record, and that he was deeply moved by it. Clearly, by you know, as yeah. many times
1: as she's mentioned.
0: Yeah. Uh, what else you got for for this, Wayne?
1: I guess when I was looking at the lyrics, I, I, I didn't see the we as a, necessarily a couple, more of a general, like, because this had a, feels more like a glad to be alive kind of a feeling into, in a lot of it. It is, does have the first reference to Anne Frank, um, but the acoustic is has a kind of a tinny sound that I didn't like as much. But uh, lyrically, I can say I got this very, um, glad, like I say, glad to be alive, glad to be young, even though some of the lyrics, it, it feels like it's more relationshipy. I just I guess for some reason I, I got a bigger picture because I think Anne Frank is clearly an inspiration, I guess, was the word that I saw. And there's a lot of times in here where I think that that inspiration like it's not I, I didn't see it as a concept <laughs> about Anne Frank. But I, I mean, there's songs on here where I think the way the way he felt after reading her biography um, is kind of where the feeling of the song goes. This one I didn't see. I think he just was name checking.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, talking about him being inspired by Anne Frank, that there's a lyric in here that says Anna's ghost all around, hear her voice as it's rolling and ringing through me. Just kind of communicate the way that I read that is you know, he's been incredibly moved by her words, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. See that. Um, all right, so let's get some scores on this. Wayne, what you got?
1: A nine. Okay.
0: And Chelsea.
3: I'm right there with you. I got a nine too on this one. Mm.
0: Right. And this is my eight. All right. And next song is, um, two headed boy. Yes. heard the cover song of this by a singer by the name of chelsea williams
5: i've heard of her
3: i've heard of her
0: (laughs) so so i have a question for you from from a professional singer standpoint okay do you think that jeff is singing at all from his diaphragm or from any other part of his body below his head (laughs) and and i'm being and i'm being completely serious so i i I have sung before in front of people. I, I did harmony vocals for, for a cover band, so I was taught by some really good singers how to sing outside of just my throat. And mm-hmm. this song really feels like Jeff is just singing from his throat. like it, absolutely like yeah. afterwards, I bet he, after the multiple takes of this, his throat was just destroyed.
3: It must have been wrecked. It must have been. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I grew up singing and actually my mom was a vocal coach. And I'm slightly ashamed to say that whenever I would put this record on in our home she, she would tell, tell me to turn it off or like, put your headphones <gasps> on. What is that noise? You know, she just, she couldn't, because his, you know, he has a very unique vocal style, which is not necessarily, yes. you know, it's not perfect technique for a singer, but it obviously communicates something beautiful nonetheless, but still that was your spot on. And my mom as a vocal coach had a real problem with
0: it. Okay. So it wasn't <laughs> just me. All right. No. <laughs> K- kudos, kudos to your mom. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, more imagery that's really great in here. Um, I love the uh, now it's blacker than black. I can hear you as you tap on on your jar. I just, what great imagery. And it made Mm -hmm. me listen to, I don't know if you guys know, the singer goes by Tristan. Mm -mm. So she has has a song called Glass Jar. And, uh, you know, part of her lyrics are um, you tap, tap, tap to see if I'll move. You put me in a glass jar. It's like, I love the imagery of that. And I just love, I love this imagery as well. There's a lot of great imagery in this and I can understand why somebody would want to cover this as a cover song.
3: It's it's, this is, I think lyrically my favorite song. And actually I was putting a little video together for the, um, for the cover that I did. And I found an incredible amount of fan art based on this song too. Which is there's some really cool stuff depicting some of the lyrics, like the fingers through the notches in your spine and just, yeah, you know, dance around colors. the room to accordion keys, you know.
1: <clears throat> Sorry, what were you saying, Wayne? Oh, no, that that placing fingers through the notches oh. in your spine. That's that. I don't know. That just always rung out every time I listen to this song. I, I what I loved about this song is I feel like there's a duality in it. Clearly, I did read something that somebody interpreted the two-headed boy as a relationship where you become one, but you still have two minds. Um, But there's I could never I'll be the first to admit I could never wrap myself around exactly, you know, the whole time. But I love like, even you know, you talk about his voice and it's 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 not technically sound. There is a passion and a conviction in it that that you can't not just fall in love with. And then the guitar in this too, he's got, it's just like I say, this is, I think some of the best guitar work as far as it just has this great sound. It's this vibrant sound.
3: Yeah, no, it sounds like he's playing it with a hammer or something. He's just like digging in. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. I, I always try and like highlight a couple, couple lyrics to talk about. No, I, I, we could talk about this whole record or this whole song with the lyrics. Uh, Absolutely. It's, just, it's poetry. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about the ending on this song?
3: Um, the last verse is like my favorite. <laughs> it, it gets real quiet. And then it's like the 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 verse is just so beautiful. The, the imagery of the um, watching spirals of white softly flow over your eyelids. They're just like so gorgeous. And he sings it so much more delicately and more vulnerably than the rest of the song.
0: Yeah, the notes that I have here. This was probably second or third time I listened to this uh, this week, and I said that ending going from nearly raucous to that just kind of fade out. It's it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Um, all right, let's get some scores on this. This is my top song. This is my eleven. Chelsea, what what do you got? Eleven. Yep, and Wayne.
3: Eight.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Next song is the instrumental The Fool. Say this all the time, Wayne, and you can you can um, you can uh, validate this. Songs that can be construed as transition songs, and yes, Wayne, I'm doing the air quotes right now. Um, I don't see any reason why you can't just get to Holland 1945 from Two Headed Boy instead of having this <laughs> instrumental. Or what do you guys think?
1: I liked it better than the other one. Uh, I what I thought was interesting about it is it does have this very bleak. Black and I mean I don't know that you can that you can feel World War II in a song but it gave me that old grainy film black and white World War II era feeling but ultimately I put the the two instrumentals at the bottom because I think what makes this record and the and, and Jeff Mangum so you know incredible are the lyrics and the just these visions, these visual, These visuals that are created, even if you don't understand them or they don't seem to make sense when you line them up, they still, they just snap in your brain, in your, in your psyche. Okay.
0: Chelsea, you, you, you ranked this a little higher than we did. So I
3: did, you know what, I, I love a good interlude. And, and when I discovered this record, it was sort of like, that's one of the things that I discovered. Because I was I was kind of, you know, I listened to a lot of folk. I was Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, all of that, you know, very um lyric-based and all about the song. You know, production is not doing crazy stuff. It's all about the words and the performance. And on this record, man, the fool is just a fantastic interlude. And it I think it I think it fits really well in there. And for me, the two interludes make this record feel, along with obviously the very um, the lyrics that you know bring this incredible imagery, but but for me the interludes to make this record feel more like a movie or a cinematic experience. So okay. I did rank th- rank that one higher.
0: <laughs> yeah, d- d- has Dylan ever done a transition song? Uh,
3: I don't know. I don't. Or think Joni so. Mitchell.
0: I can't um, see Joni Mitchell ever doing a transition. I song.
3: I mean Joni Mitchell did some later jazz records that I haven't. Um, really, uh, researched all that well. So maybe on one of those, but I'm not okay. sure.
0: All right. Go do some research. Get back. Yeah,
3: i do some research. <laughs> after Get
0: right. to work. <laughs> all right. Uh, Chelsea, what's your score on this?
3: My score on this is six.
0: Okay. And Wayne? Uh, two. And this is my least favorite. I just didn't think it was necessary, but I see, I see what you're getting at Wayne of, you're flipping the switch from the color television to the black and white television that this could be the tr- transition, but I just didn't think it was necessary, but that's just me being a curmudgeon. All right. Um, next my my yeah.
3: husband's I'm sorry that this is just like a side note. My husband's yeah. grandmother, um, because he's a musician and he creates a lot of music with no words. And my husband's grandmother would tell him when he was growing up, if you, if you, uh, if you make a song with no words, you're just cheating your audience. You're just cheating them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess. I guess there's sort of that sentiment from your scores.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you cheated us. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Holland, 1945. Three, two, one, two,
2: three.
0: Uh, I like to predict Wayne scores, and I totally <laughs> nailed this one. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I think that you are um, you're you're becoming too transparent to me. Because um, I think I think me. it's safe to say the song is it feels like a punk rock song with with horns.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I guess that's just ska.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, musically it's much more full. Like I say, that I don't know, I guess I didn't keep track, but this one has drums in it for sure, and mm-hmm. the horns and the and, and like I say, that incredible guitar. Um but lyrically I also I liked it because he's got the Anne Frank reference and this is um the one time where I felt like he's the song is more so about how almost like guilt. You know, like, there's there's lines in here about, I guess, towards the end where it's sad to see the uh, the world agree that they'd rather see their faces filled with flies. Like, it had a very Holocaust guilt kind of feel wrapped up inside this kind of sparse song about Anne Frank, who did die in yeah. 1945. And then
3: paired with such a happy-go-lucky, like, fun-loving musical thing happening, it's it's such an interesting Way to have presented those words.
0: Is it fun though? I
3: think it's- I feel like the music. It feels like I want to be in a mosh pit or something. Okay, <laughs> but I don't. That was just that's my read on it.
0: Yeah, well, I'm too. I'm too old for mosh pit. So that's not, that's not my idea of fun. But okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, anything else on lyrics? Anything else on production of the song?
4: Um. I don't
0: know don't don't feel like i'm forcing you to say anything <laughs> else um all right let's get some scores wayne i already called it but go ahead 11. Say it.
1: This, yeah 11 this is my favorite song
0: all right chelsea seven and this is my 10 i dug it um all right next song is communist daughter Would we consider this a transition song? It's only like two minutes long.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I,
0: go ahead.
3: Sorry. Well, there, I mean, there are a good amount of lyrics, though. So okay. I don't know. Even though, So you're not considering a transition song, meaning interlude with no words. You're thinking just that it's sh- short.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just getting to the next uh, big song, which, um, you know, is coming up soon. So right. I'm just curious. i was just curious. You guys thought that um, there's a lot going on in, in the two minutes though. Um, I, I, I kind of wanted the song to be a little bit longer though. Cause I felt like uh, two minutes there was,
1: I, I thought he nailed it. Cause I, it's so sexually charged, but yeah. also the other thing um, I had to look up and make sure that he was from the same generation as us. And he was, he was born in 1970. So w- when you hang communist on somebody, from our generation, that was that's negative. We grew up right. during the Cold War. So there's this, and then <laughs> ah, i will be delicate and mixed company, but I thought the mountaintops was definitely a euphemism. Um, so this this song is extremely sexually charged and it and it's a it it's a touch angry.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh
1: I just I I, I liked it. I, I thought it was the perfect length. I just he he but he's clearly upset it had a very breakup song feel like i don't have the real courage to like maybe put my feelings down directly i'm gonna go with a metaphor but i'm gonna make a right. communist daughter and i'm gonna put semen all over mountaintops
0: <laughs> okay yeah i didn't see that angle but of course i'm not the punk rock guy of the, <laughs> of our, of the duo here so one of us is a little angrier than the other um, all right uh anything else on communist daughter
3: i i don't have too many thoughts on this one no i, I found it interesting though that you you felt like it was a transition song because i never thought of it that way but now that i'm thinking of it that way i you know i i think yeah this this yeah the, i think the the sexually charged part of it always made me feel like a little funny especially with the anger with that so yeah this probably isn't one of my favorites of the record
1: yeah And another cool thing, though, is because there's a lot of distortion that kind of takes different forms in this record. And the way it comes out in this one has a very like ocean tide feel, which there's uh, there's references to standing in the seaweed water and stuff. So that really created this really cool effect.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sort of grainy sound. And the horns at the end, man, that's I mean, I always love that.
0: All right, Chelsea, your score.
3: This was a two for me. It was. It was not my, one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, and Wayne a six, and I'm matching your six. All right. So next song is "O oh, Come, Let
5: There Isn't Such One."
0: I have to I have to to give you a um a little aside on this so my <laughs> which I thought was funny last night as I'm actually going through the lyrics. So um my my oldest son who is on the autism spectrum. So he's in his 20s now. I have him help me with some of the production stuff. So he puts together the lyrics for me. And um, I just realized that last night he didn't give me all of the lyrics to this, to this song um, because, well, he, he sometimes likes to edit for me. So like when we did, um, uh, when we were prepping for a Beastie Boys record and there's lots of swear words, um, I get the lyrics from him and it's been edited for content. (laughs) Well, he um, he didn't give me all the lyrics for this one because there are some semen references <gasps> in this song. He missed it for the previous song. So okay. um, anyways, I just, I don't know where I'm going with this. Other <laughs> I thought it was funny. I and thought
3: I, there were lyrics missing. I was yes, wondering
0: about that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So so my apologies if you were missing lyrics for this. My okay. My son was editing for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, I follow along, so I noticed. So I had to go out and get them myself. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do um, You guys get a Decembris vibe or a Shins vibe for the song?
3: Uh, I I guess so. Maybe maybe slightly. Not not very much though, because this one seems so dark. And for me, like the Shins and Decembris have sort of like this lightness to their music, even though maybe this one's in three. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay i was just curious that, that I, I always like to do the comparisons and I, 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 I heard a lot of that. Um, okay. this song, the song is eight minutes long. Yeah. Do you think that this could really be two songs? Like go back <laughs> to parts two and three of carrot flower, or is this really one continuous song, like a rock opera type song?
1: Yeah, it's a long song. I, I, Here's the thing that ultimately brought it down for me is because I think lyrically there's a, there is a lot going on and a lot of those really powerful images, but when your voice is, is unique and interesting, that's great for three and a half minutes. But when you cross into eight minutes, then it, at some somewhere before that, it starts to get annoying. Uh, also the pace on this one is different. It's like, it, it's not different bad. It's just different, I guess. And so, that ultimately, like, you start to see it's great, you know, your conviction and you have a unique voice. But after after six minutes into seven minutes, you're like, "All right, maybe it's time to end this."
3: Yeah, this this one feels a little bit more like a journal entry to me than a poem. It feels a little more, you know, just sort of stream of consciousness and yeah. a little a little long. It it could be like four interludes. <laughs>
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of got that feeling too. I didn't, I didn't equate it with the the journal aspect, but I was like, this isn't as poetic as some of the other ones. This seems mm-hmm. very, you know, well,
1: William there's a Paul, definite Paul, cheating Paul, vibe. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I yeah. do agree with the journal uh, entry, you know, more so than, than uh, regular lyrics, but he's, he's clearly, he's been wronged and he's, and like I say, I think even from the title, you get that, Mm-hmm. It, it's, especially when you, you listen to it, you get a, it's definitely sarcastic. He's, and then, but yet he still finds a way to throw in an Anne Frank verse, which then made me just throw everything I had out the window and be like, I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, usually I rely on you Wayne to, to, uh to, you know, analyze each of the songs and come prepare. Oh
1: no, he's, he's been cheated on. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a reference to green a co- uh, at least once, um the semen line is definitely uh a cheating line. There's also this section where it's uh here standing next to me, my only enemy, I'll crush him with everything I own. Say what you want to say, hand your hollow ways, moving your mouth to pull your miracle. There's this there's clearly he's clearly been cheated on. And he's okay. I don't know that he's told that person, but he is discussing it with himself at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All Mm-mm. right. Let's get some scores on this. This is my three, Wayne.
1: This is also my three.
0: And then Chelsea.
3: This is my one.
0: All right. Was it because of the length of the song, or the stream of consciousness, or? I th-
3: I think yeah. I mean, and I'll say it again. There's no song on here that I dislike. It just this it's a, it does feel a little less poetic than the other songs. Also, the lack of dynamic musically kind of knocked it down a couple notches for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, Wayne. Uh, About six minutes would have been good. Um, All right, this is Ghost. So I'm going to just start with a, a quote that I found from Jeff. All right. He said, when I started writing Ghost, the song that goes, Ghost, ghost, I know you live within me. We thought we had a ghost living in the house in the bathroom. So I locked the door and started to sing to the ghost in the bathroom. But that was sort of like singing about the ghost who we thought was whistling in the other room. And that kept waking me up. And then also a ghost that may or may not live within me. And then it ended up being a reference to Anne Frank, too. A lot of the songs on this record are about Anne Frank. Wow. <laughs> so in other words, uh, it's about a lot of things. And oh, by the way, I threw in an Anne Frank reference.
3: So. Yeah, his, his lyrical style makes a lot of sense with, with his interview style. It kind of, kind of <laughs> right up. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you guys have to say about Ghost?
1: Uh, musically, I love it. it um, it's got this real ascending nature. Um, it's just a real flying over the city kind of a feel. Um, I definitely felt like, like, like I had mentioned in the other song, this is, you know, Anne Frank is clearly an inspiration. He, he mentions her death or her birth in this one. Um, but uh, once again, like most of them, it's, he mentions it. And then there's the the verse about the the girl falling from the skyscraper in New York city, which I don't know if there's a connection to that, but this one had much more of an Anne Frank, um, kind of, a her spirit lives on, you know, whether it be through, you know, her story that all of us have, have come to know over the years or what, but it was much more of a kind of, a, she lives on forever feel. And I love the all drenched in milk and holy water pouring from the sky. I thought, I would, I hope that's a reference to his band.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyone else think that nearly every Mumford and son songs and their tempo <laughs> comes from this song?
3: <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I I didn't I never put that together and I hope that I'll be able to get that out of my head the next time oh, I hear this sorry. song. No,
0: I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay. It it just it just <laughs> seems like every Mumford and, and Sons song oh, yeah. and and I and I do like a lot of their songs. They start slowish and then they build up to this whole cavalcade of sound and speed and I just kind of felt right. like Ghost kind of has that tempo as well. So
3: it does. It does have that, like that tempo and that urgency. Um, but at least it's paired with some really weird, unique, poetic lyrics.
0: <laughs> I will say something. Saying, I will wait.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. A little more creative <laughs> on the lyric side. And I, and I love what he does sometimes on this one where he does overlapping phrases. So he'll sing the last word of a phrase as the beginning of the next, um, musical phrase. Hmm. Which like gives it this cool musical urgency and you know off kilter sound. I, I I love I love when people do weird lyrical stuff like that.
0: Now I got to listen to it again just to hear that because <laughs> I was not I was not thinking in those terms. All right, that's cool. All right, uh, let's get some scores, Wayne. A seven. All right, and Chelsea.
3: I give this one a four.
0: Okay and this is my 5 leads to untitled which is another transition song Uh-oh. uh instrumental Okay, let me just get this off off my chest. This is the curmudgeon in me. I really hate when people say that something is untitled. (laughs) Because that's essentially the title of the song that you just gave it. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So just be more creative and just come up with some something stupid. I don't care. Just give it a title. Okay.
3: Isn't there a Siga Rose album where every song is just called Untitled 1, Untitled 2? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: And it pisses <laughs> I me off. that really pissed you <laughs>
0: off.
2: <laughs> no, it pisses
0: me <laughs> up. That's probably why I have not given them a fair shake. And I and my best friend has always given me crap cuz he's like, "You would really like this band." And I'm like, "I probably would, but no." Um so, I'm sorry. I'm I'll get off. I'll get off my get off my lawn. Um <laughs> All right, I mean, Wayne I mean, what do you- yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> Moving what, Wayne, on. Wayne, <laughs> what do you got on this?
1: Uh this one gets busy quickly. And uh, the bag which I thought they were bagpipes and I I guess I got schooled because that's uh I Len pipes. Oh. Which are yep. much more I guess that's more Irish than Scottish.
3: Okay. I thought they were bagpipes as well, so I was fooled as well.
0: I was I was gonna go with the bagpipes as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, not a whole lot to say because we, we've we been diving into the lyrics and there's no lyrics to this. So, uh, Chelsea, what do you got for a score?
3: Um, on this one, I have, I gave this one a five. I actually, I really like this one.
0: Even though it doesn't have a title.
3: Even though it doesn't have a title. I mean, to be fair, it also doesn't have words. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> True, true. But
3: I guess you could have said wordless song or whatever.
0: Is it because there is a lot of things going on in this song? Because there is a lot of moving parts. I mean, how many channels of music do you think that they ended up with on this on this song?
3: Oh, this one has so many layers. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyways, um, all right. This was my two. Wayne, did I get your score?
1: This was my one. My least favorite.
0: This was your least favorite. All right, we're wrapping this up. This is. Two-Headed Boy Part 2. in this are super poetic and beautiful um Mm -hmm. Wayne what do you got on this one
1: yeah this one uh, like I said in the in the previous one this one this time the the relationship metaphor I felt like took a little more shape especially where he he references the sheets as warm and wet in the first verse and then in the last verse uh I think it says she will retire you know sheets safe and safe and clean yeah. Um, but she is mentioned a little more. There's there's a little bit more of that. Um, and I will say that I was emotionally exhausted a little bit at the end of this. And to me, that's a, a good record. When you're like at the end, you're like, "Ooh, I, got, I need right. I know, somebody get me some water. Uh, and I think one of the things I, I wanted to say before this was done is this has a very contemporary sound. Like this was done in 1998. Mm-hmm. But... I wouldn't be shocked to hear someone do this today Yeah, you know, to do something this similar. It didn't, it, it aged. It didn't age. It just seems timeless. It seems like something that could have been done today just as, as easily. And he did it in 1998. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly when that was in the, um, in the process of, of, um, recording gear and technology, but uh, was that, that's not like back at analog times. They didn't, this isn't
1: like an analog. I, I should have looked oh, that. up. I would think, I know they, they, they mentioned a lot about not having enough money to, to, to make distortion and had to compress things and stuff like that. So it sounded as if either technology was there and they couldn't afford it uh-huh. or, technology hadn't quite gotten there
0: right and it was it was recorded at pet sounds in Denver. oh wow okay so it wasn't just a pro tools do it at home type of type of thing so right yeah nice. um what about the title okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get back on my soapbox <laughs> about the title because i d- d- is this really two-headed boy part two you Could know, they have come up with a different title for this, or do do you want to have the callback to that previous song?
3: I actually totally agree with the titling of this one. I think there are definite lyrical throwbacks to Two-Headed Boy Part 1 and yeah. also melodic throwbacks as well. Um, because for me, and, and like Wayne was saying, the relationship aspect sort of comes back around on this one. Two-Headed Boy Part 1 is... For me, clearly about a relationship, you know? And yeah. that theme comes back here hardcore.
1: Okay. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was appropriate, too. Okay. Just
0: one last thing before we, uh, we get some scores. So there was a lot of conversation on the old interwebs about the ending of the song. So the theory of Jeff knowing that this was it for him. So you've got the guitar kind of hitting the floor and him walking out was kind of a precursor to Jeff walking away from the music industry. Oh, wow. So there's, and again, it's the interwebs. So it's, you know, lots of theories. I kind of went down the song meaning rabbit hole, uh, (laughs) to, 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 to see what people were, were saying about this. And there's all sorts of theories about, uh, he knew that this was uh, emotionally draining for him and he didn't really want to sing these songs on stage and yeah, whatever. So,
3: Wow. That's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm always, i always loved the end of it where, you know, he finishes the song, you hear the chair creak and he kind of breathes out and then you hear him walk away. But I always took it as, you know, that I'm they done. put that in there because of the last line, but don't hate her when she gets up yeah. and leave, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 It seems like a romantic notion. It's yeah. probably not true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is my seven Wayne. My five. And Chelsea? Eight. All right. So this is the part where I say, did we cover it? Did we miss anything? (laughs) I don't think so.
3: I don't Uh, think so either.
0: I I think we covered it. All right. Any guesses what number one song is?
3: Oh, I was keeping score and then I stopped Uh, adding them up.
1: (laughs) In the airplane over the sea.
0: That would be number four. So um, I'm just guessing at this point. So
3: I'm an is it two headed boy?
0: Yeah, it's two headed boy. (laughs) Um. So that that's the average score of of ten. Uh. Because uh. Chelsea, you and I both picked that as our top song. Mm -hmm. Uh. Number two was King of Carrot Flowers, part one. Mm -hmm. Third was Holland, 1945, because that was uh that was Wayne's top top song. In the airplane over the sea was our fourth. And then rounding our top five was Two-Headed Boy Part 2. That's a pretty solid five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't have to listen to Untitled (laughs) for that top five. So it's always good. Uh, Chelsea, this was great.
1: Yeah, this was amazing. This was awesome.
3: This was really fun. Thank you guys for uh for doing this and having me on. This is I'm going to have to start doing this with my friends. Or I guess we'll just I'm going to get together with my friends and we'll listen to your show.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Come
3: up with our own scores.
0: <laughs> you we we just did an episode where I kind of threw it out to people and if you want to do the score at home thing, I'll even, you know, I'll even mention you during the during the episode. So, nice. <laughs> Um, So, to remind our listeners, where they can find all the happenings of Chelsea.
3: Yeah, um, I'm on. It's ChelseaWilliams.com, but I'm also on all the social media sites like Facebook and Instagram. Just look up Chelsea Williams. Chelsea Williams
2: music. Okay. Okay,
0: excellent. All right. So, last question. I'm lifting this question from a fellow podcaster in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good conversation podcasts. So, who do you know that I don't know? who should join us on this podcast, to revisit one of their favorite records.
3: Oh, um, uh, an album mate of mine named Rod Milanson. He has, he'll, he'll come up with some really fun ones for you guys.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll chat offline. All right. <laughs> all right. So as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to records, revisited podcast.com. We're on the socials as well. Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is at podcast records. Wayne man's the Instagram page. Just search for records revisit podcast. And of course, find us on all the major po- podcast platforms out there. And uh, please go subscribe and rate or review us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but um, you can, Go find Chelsea and, and her live streams that she does what? Every Tuesday?
3: Every Tuesday at two o'clock.
0: There you go. Two yeah. o'clock Pacific, Pacific time. Pacific time, yes. Yes. Buy T shirt of the band, buy a record, you can still do that. We are records revisited and we are out. out, out.